Welcome to the Teen Financial Freedom Podcast with co-hosts Jacob and Terry. Teen Financial Freedom is a personal finance blog run by teens who are on a mission to equip their peers with the knowledge, resources, and understanding they need to become financially free for the rest of their lives. Hey guys, welcome to our very first real podcast episode. Today, we're bringing you a new series. This is Terry and I's top 10 favorite blog posts that we've written on our blog over the last year and a half. So today, we're kicking it off with the very first blog post I wrote, which is called 10 Tips on Budgeting for Teens. And this was the post I always had in mind, that like the first one I was going to write when I was going to start a blog. And I feel like the content still is very true today, even though um, it is a little bit older now. So we're going to go ahead and get into it with tip number one, which is to estimate your monthly income. So depending on your situation, you could have one of two options here. The first is that your income is pretty consistent. Maybe you work at a job and you work the same hours every single month. All you need to do then is multiply your hourly rate by the number of hours you work every month. And that's going to get you your average monthly income. Now you're going to have to account for taxes, but for the most part, you should kind of know just from that simple math problem, how much you make per month. The other option is to average your annual income and then divide it by 12 to get your monthly income. And that's the one that I use because um, I have some self-employment income, some business income, and my income fluctuates a lot throughout the year. And so I add up my average annual income um, based on previous years. And then I divide that by 12 to get my average monthly income. And that's kind of what I plan on. And then step number two, or tip number two, I guess, would be, it's on the blog post here, it's called the 30-30-40 rule, commonly known as the 50-30-20 rule. Essentially, it's just a rule set for your money. So the 50-30-20 rule is 50% of your money is spent on needs, 30% is spent on wants, and then 20% is spent on savings. Jacob customized it a little for himself, and he made it 30% on needs, 30% on once and then 40% on saving. So he boosted his savings a little bit there. And then I guess the important thing to note here is that the actual number itself isn't the most important part. It's just important to have a set rule for yourself on how much money goes where. And it's important too to note that you should do your best to grow your savings rate uh, slowly over time. So you'll see a lot of FIRE people out there. FIRE stands for Financial Independence Retire Early, F-I-R-E. A lot of fire people out there have super high savings rate, like anywhere from 50 to 70%, but they didn't get there overnight. They might have started in zero, but they worked their way up from zero to 5% to 10%. So don't get overwhelmed with like a super high savings rate. If you're not there yet, you can start small, but it's just important to know how much money is going where and to slowly grow your savings rate over time. So the next tip is to come up with some spending categories to follow with your budget. These could be things like food, clothing, gas, entertainment, your phone bill, your car insurance. I would say those are kind of the common ones for teens, um, but really you just need to personalize this to what matches your life. You really want to kind of label as many categories as you can. It's also okay to have a broad category like I do. I just call it my spend category and whatever money's in that category, I'm free to spend it however I, I like and there's no guilt or shame associated with that whatsoever. So those are kind of some example categories to come up with, but you just got to come up with some categories that work well for you. 
And then tip number four is to track your expenses. And you can often you can do this both like with pen and paper, but more often than not, you'll probably end up doing this with a website or an app. Uh, Jacob uses, I think, some, some app called Spending or Wallet that comes pre-installed on Apple phones. I'm an Android phone user, so I had to go find one for myself. I ended up picking Toshl, T-O-S-H-L.com, Toshl.com. And the reason I picked it was because it had uh, quite a few different customizable features. It just had a lot of charts, a neat way to organize everything. But the important thing here is that you're just merely tracking where your money is going. You're just seeing a visual representation of how your money is flowing and what you're spending on, how much you're spending on different categories. And as teens, it might not be like the most fun part. It might be a little tedious, but it's also one of the most important aspects of budgeting. And the important lesson here is that I mean, as teens, we're not going to have a lot of expenses, maybe like five to 10 expenses a month, depending on you know age, if you're in high school or college. But the important thing is to start building the muscle memory of tracking every expense the, the minute you spend it. And then as adults, you'll really appreciate having the muscle memory and being consciously aware of how much you're spending on what. So that's just a, a really important point. There's literally dozens of apps out there. So you can just hunt around and find one, or you can just use uh, one of the apps that, that we use. The next point is to start building an emergency fund or a savings account. This is probably the most common piece of financial advice out there because it is so, so essential. It's also called the rainy day fund because the idea behind it is that whenever you're having a rainy day and you need to cover some expense that you weren't expecting, you use this fund to help cover that. In the past for me, it's been unexpected car repairs, but it could also be things like you lose your job and you don't have income for a while, unexpected medical bills, things like that. And so really people suggest anywhere from three to six months worth of income in your savings account slash emergency fund. How you would calculate this is you would take your average income, which we calculated in step one, and you would multiply that by three to start. So let's say you made $500 a month, you'd want $1,500 in a emergency fund. And then eventually you want to grow that closer toward the six month side. So then it would be $3,000 a month. And then if you want to get really ambitious, you can grow that all the way up to a year or two years worth of income, just so that you have plenty of money if you, there was ever any type of emergency whatsoever. Yep. And then Tip number six is to treat your savings like an expense. That might sound a little counterintuitive, but essentially you just want to make sure that when you set money aside for savings or investing, that you're not dipping back into that fund to spend on things like video games or a new Xbox or PS4 console, or I guess now it's the PS5. But essentially you're just, you're treating your savings like an expense. Once you set it aside, once you've saved it, don't touch it. Unless there's truly is an emergency and you truly do need it or you're going to be using those savings for something that you originally intended, like a car or a college fund. But what helps the most here is to, to have an account that's completely separate from your checking account. Because I know personally, if I set aside a little bit of money in my savings account that's under the same bank as my checking account or my debit card, it's really easy to like just transfer a couple bucks back and forth between those accounts and end up spending some of the savings. But once I transfer my savings to my brokerage account, or my investing fund. I don't think I've ever spent it since I've done that. And it's just out of mind or out of sight, out of mind. And so it really, really does help to have a second savings account set up under a different company or a different bank where you can transfer your savings and then you just won't be tempted to spend it. 
Yeah, absolutely. I just actually set up like a separate bank account this week. So now I have two different banking institutions and that's already helped me a ton. So the next tip is to keep track of your finances monthly. So I know everyone's going to kind of have a different system for this, but for me personally, what's worked well is like a, a monthly review of your finances. I do it every month on the 30th. And basically there's a couple steps involved with this. I use a, a spreadsheet to keep track of all of this. You could use pen and paper, you could use an app, but I kind of like the capabilities that a, a spreadsheet offers. And so the first thing you want to do is tally up your income for the month, whatever money was deposited into your bank account during the month from your job, from your business, from whatever, tally that all up and that's gonna be your total income. Then you want to go and record all of your expenses into the spreadsheet or whatever you're using. If you're using an app, you might've already had your expenses recorded right on that app. Um, and then it's pretty easy just to transfer the amounts over to your spreadsheet so you can keep track of it there. The final step that I like to do is reconcile the spreadsheet with what my bank account actually shows and then like my cash as well. But to do this, it's a little bit complicated. We do have a spreadsheet that I'll link down below that you could use. It's kind of a more advanced spreadsheet. I wouldn't necessarily suggest it for beginners, but you can use that spreadsheet to help with your budgeting and it'll kind of keep track of these things for you. Um, and it'll tell you the total of what you say you have versus what you actually have. And it's very important that those things match at the end of a month, at least once a month. Some people might do this weekly or biweekly, but at least once a month, you wanna make sure that what you say you have matches what you actually have according to your bank statements and to the cash that you keep on hand. And tip number eight is to keep track of your total assets. This is essentially just like keeping track of your net worth, but it includes keeping track of your bank accounts, your digital payment apps like PayPal or Venmo or Cash App, investment accounts, college savings accounts, stocks, cash, spare change, basically just any of your, your assets. A couple popular apps people use to track their assets and their net worth. One is personal capital. Um, and you can just go to personalcapital.com to check that out. Another, because I've run into some technical issues trying to use personal capital, I've also ended up using an app called Truebill, uh, Truebill, T-R-U-E, then Bill at the end. They also, they're partially a, like a bill negotiation app, but they do track your investments and your checking accounts and stuff like that. I use Truebill as well. And then the third popular option that comes to mind is just a regular spreadsheet. And this could probably be just one of the simplest way to do, ways to do it. You just open an Excel or Google Sheets spreadsheet and just like every month or every three months or something like that, just at a regular period, you would go in there and just update the numbers in your spreadsheet and kind of just see the growth uh, over time. Yep, that's exactly what I do. Our ninth tip for you here is to have an end goal in mind when you're budgeting. It's going to be different for everyone. I would say for most teens, the common things are going to be for a car, if you're kind of on the younger side, if you're on the older side, college, maybe if you're already in college, you might be thinking how to pay off debt out of college, you know, how to save for a house. Those are just kind of a couple examples of some end goals that you want to keep in mind. And really your end goal is also going to help determine your categories and your savings rate. But it's just always important with whatever you do in life to have end in mind just that way you're the entire time that you're doing whatever you're doing, you're holding yourself accountable to that end goal and you're also seeing progress towards that goal. And lastly, tip number 10 is to make budgeting fun. If this is a chore and just comes something you completely dread, you might stick with it for a month or two, but over the long term, you'll probably lose interest and just forget about doing it. So it's very, very important to make sure that you are enjoying the process, you are having fun. 
Uh, you're looking forward to seeing your assets grow over time. And there's lots of ways you can just tweak it a little bit, make it personal and make it enjoyable, whether it's adding a bunch of fun colors and memes to your personal spreadsheet that you use to track all your budgeting expenses and assets, or whether it's just if you've hit a savings goal for yourself, a personal one, say like $100 in a week, uh, then you can go out and just feel free to spend five bucks on a Starbucks latte or something. You don't have to be completely strict in totalitarian about this it's it can be a little lax you know give yourself room to have fun to enjoy yourself and to just enjoy the process it's a marathon not a sprint and with that i think we have concluded most points do you have any final thoughts jacob like terry was saying just reward yourself for your hard work there's no point in doing all this budgeting if you don't actually go out and spend that money on something eventually whether it be a car or college or a house I mean, you want to save as much money as you can, but at some point, the goal is to spend that on something in particular. So definitely, once you've put in all this hard work, make sure you reward yourself. Thank you for listening to the Teen Financial Freedom Podcast. We would greatly appreciate it if you could subscribe, leave a review, and share this with someone who needs it. 